this is going to be a short one on nosebleed or epistaxis. Um, so it's extremely common. Um, over half of folks will have nosebleeds during their lifetime. And it's more common at the extremes of age. Um, a really important distinction is the uh, anatomical uh, divisions. That is um, an anterior or posterior nosebleed. The vast majority majority are um, uh, anterior nosebleeds in uh, the so-called uh, Kesselbox um, area. Um, that is duly uh, supplied um, by both the internal and external carotids and is uh, an area of uh, predisposed bleeding. And then the uh, posterior bleeds, which are the so-called sphenopalatine bleeds. And they're more often in, in elderly folks. Um, and have the greatest risks of uh, airways compromise or um, aspiration of blood. So in terms of uh, various causes, folks that have chronic cytositis are uh, particularly predisposed. Those with uh, nose picking, aggressive nose picking, uh, various foreign bodies and kiddos. Um, people with polyps or neoplasm, smoking, uh, medications, so rhinos, rhinositis medicin, uh, something or other. But anyhow, that's the, the uh, atrophic changes with long-standing uh, long um, steroid use, um, uh, especially topical steroids. And then, of course, cocaine. Um, is a big one with damage to the septum. Um, any long-standing rhinitis, so most commonly allergic rhinitis, folks with uh, the uh, septum uh, repairs uh, or underlying trauma, and then uh, folks with uh, vascular malformations locally. And then in terms of um, systemic uh, risk factors, which is more likely to to cause a serious nosebleed or hemodynamically compromising nosebleed, and that is people with uh, hemophilia, hypertension. I don't know. I thought that the latest is that um, hypertension is not a, a significant risk factor for bleeding. Um, people with various uh, blood dyscrasias. Uh, liver disease, uh, thrombocytopenia related to that, uh, and then various the various medications, antiplatelets, anticoagulants, um, and people with platelet dysfunction. So remember that thrombocytosis um, can cause uh, platelet platelet dysfunction as well. So even though they have more platelets, they're kind of uh, shitty and don't function well. Um, so in terms of, uh, signs and symptoms, when you, when you have your patient with a nosebleed, you're going to want to get a speculum and, and have a look. Okay. So ensure that, 
uh, if there's a vessel that you can identify that's bleeding, it should be in that. Uh, it should be in that Kesselbeck's region, and it might be amenable to uh, chemical cautery. Um, some folks use silver nitrate, although it's it can be quite painful. Uh, so if you have lidocaine spray or something like that uh, to prepare your patient, uh, or you have viscous <coughs> viscous lidocaine, that might be an option as well. Um, in terms of uh, uh, the you know uh, so do a, a general bleeding diathesis, um, physical exam, including volume status. Um, and then uh, other uh, nosebleed specific to rule out a posterior, well, to assess for a posterior bleed, um, you, you'd expect that uh, both nostrils, both nares would be dripping blood as opposed to one or one predominantly. Um, and then you're, uh, you may see uh, jets of bleeding um, in the oropharynx as well. Although you can see that with anterior bleeds, um, with brisk anterior bleeds. Um, and then uh, they may describe, you know, hematemesis uh, or hematosis or even lena stools if it's a brisk bleed. Um, so in, in the acute setting, you know, if, if you think there's any hemodynamic compromise, these folks are gone to urgent care, and they're going to need um, a workup with uh, coags and, and a CBC and potentially a group and screen. Um, as far as managing these folks, um, it'll be important to, to uh, secure their airway and uh, establish that they are stable from a hemodynamic perspective. Um, and in terms of uh, uh, positioning of the patient, so we know, you know, uh, pressure stops all bleeds. So you want them with an anterior bleed to be pinching on the nares, not on the bridge of the nose, and they shouldn't be leaning back. In fact, they should be leaning forward. So they're common uh, pitfalls are the patients pinch the bridge of the nose, that is the bony uh, part of the nose, when they should be pinching the flesh of the nose and leaning forward. Um, and you can hold that for even 20 minutes before you have a sense of um, the anticoagulative effect. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, um, pro-coagulative. Um, there's, uh, there's other options to plug the nostrils with, um, with some gauze, um, especially, like, you know, just to, uh, to maintain, um, some hygiene. So, um, further to interior bleeds, um, there's, like I spoke about, option for um, a, a lidocaine, if it's either a spray lidocaine or, um, or a, uh, a viscous lidocaine. And then uh, topical vasoconstrictors. So uh, there's phen phenylephrine formulations. I think ENT still uses uh, cocaine. 
um, but unless you have a personal supply that's going to be difficult to access uh, peripherally. Um, and then, uh, like I spoke about, uh, option for chemical cautery. So with silver nitrate, like you really have to be able to um, identify the bleeding vessel and you're supposed to hold the nitrate stick on there for about 30 seconds. Um, and you, you should not do it bilaterally because it would have septal uh, perforation. And then you should advise folks as often people that have uh, chronic nosebleeds will use um, uh, topical moisturizers like Vaseline, but after a cautery they should not use any um, Vaseline. Should leave it for several days. Um, and uh, if if that fails, um, you're gonna have to pack in there these various um, sort of commercially available uh, packs. I forget what they're called. Rhino. Rhino Rocket, <laughs> I forget the, uh, the brand name, but anyhow, there's nose packing, and you can usually, you know, uh, cover that in um, uh, an ointment like Neosporin, um, and pack the nose, uh, and that can stay in for actually several days, um, I don't know that there's, uh, I'm not aware of the of the specific evidence-based uh, duration, but that's packed for several days. It can be quite uncomfortable for patients, and then they'll have to return to your office for uh, removal. Um, in terms of uh, and and then of course, if it's super brisk, you know, and you're concerned about it, uh, there's always option for ENT referral. Um, in terms of uh, posterior bleeds, um, th this is almost always managed by ENT uh, because the packing is really challenging and they might have to use uh, a scope to identify the source of the bleed. Um, and uh, they even do more aggressive things like ligation of uh, the sphenopalatine uh, artery. Um, but like I say, generally, if you if you have a high suspicion of a posterior bleed, refer to ENT uh, so that they can have a scope. Okay, so fairly straightforward stuff, um, but uh, a testable and commonly seen presentation.